Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father, I thank you for who you are, Father. Thank you for all the things you do for the wonderful people who are listening, Father. We pray right now that you'd bless not only them, but their loved ones and the people that are around them, Father. They may come to know you. Father, we pray that your name would be honored and glorified and that you would be highly praised among the nations. We thank you for each and every listener, Father. And we thank you that you know them by name and you've seen their day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, two very important things that you are pray- know that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. As always, you, for all the links for all the things, you can find us at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. I want to talk about something that I've been reflecting on. And if I had to title this episode, I would call it The Need for Consequences for Sin. And Joe, I'm going to use you as a guinea pig. Mind you, this is not towards you personally, but what your thought is of the human condition. Okay? So what do you think about the consequences of sin? I see how it is. You ask me about sin. No. Um, actions have consequences, right? Cause and effect. And for, I guess for me, it, it very logically makes sense that there's consequences for our sin because of my analytical background. I can fully understand a cause and effect sort of scenario. Okay, good, because we're going to get delve deeper into that. I'm going to give you a, a hypothetical, but it's commonplace. People have had it. People have experienced it. I'm just going to use it because it's one of the ones that comes to my mind. So if, if, if a person were to borrow money from somebody and promise to pay it back. Oh, that sounds like a parable. Um, But we'll go there later. And he couldn't afford to pay it back. Oh, it is the parable. Oh, man. No no wonder it was in my mind. Um, And I I could change it up, but it'll take too much work at at my age. So if, if, if the person says, you know what? I'm going to forgive the debt. Don't worry about it. I know that you're going through a hard time and everything. What do you think the person's, and no cheating and looking at the parable text, okay. What do you think the person who is forgiven would be like? Hopefully grateful. Hopefully, um, you know, uh, grateful that their, something that seemed, that was seemingly impossible was done for them. Okay. So now I'm going to switch it up. There was a job. Let's just take a job environment. You know, somebody, um, let's say 
you're a store owner and you saw somebody take from your produce, you know, uh, a bunch of bananas and you stop him and you say, wait a minute, you can't steal from me, you know, and the guy says, you know, but I'm, I'm hungry and I have no money, you know, and you decide to give him the bananas. Okay, what are your thoughts about the person who's gotten the bananas, the recipient? You know, you, you hope that that person was being legit, that, you know, they really were hard up and they weren't just looking for, for a free hand-me-out sort of thing. Um, it, you know, there's there are better ways of going about it, as the Bible lays out. You know, just taking because you don't have is something that... Um, you know, that's not something that that need be glorified. But at the same token, um, there's a there's a, a, a vulnerability that has to happen with admitting to the fact that if you actually are hard up, that you are hard up. Mm -hmm. And now the manager of the store, he goes and he talks with one of the employees, he says, you know, that guy has come in before and stolen from us. I've never been able to catch him and everything. And he's always saying a hard luck story. So he hears that. And then the man comes in again when there's a manager. And the manager catches him because he's prepared. And he and the man tells him, well, you, you let me go before, you know, why can't you do it now? You know, there's that whole, that whole position. I'm trying not to give a leading question here. That whole position, this mindset of this gentleman, the one who's been stealing. What about his mindset do you think comes out of these consequences? Um, when it comes to truly being sorry for something, you know, it, it really matters how you respond to a, after the I'm sorry, right? If you keep on keeping on, and if you keep stealing or you keep doing the thing over and over and over again, um, were you sorry in the first place? Were, or were you just sorry that you got caught? Yeah, interesting. Interesting. What do you think that the thief thinks of consequences um probably very little in the way of regarding of, of conversation or, or of of consequences or very little regard for actually experiencing the consequence which sound very similar but those are two different things yes that i think you've hit it on the head when there are no consequences there's nothing to be thought about. You can go ahead. I got away with it before. I can get away with it again. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something that we tend to think of with hyper grace. It's that movement that says I can do anything and be forgiven kind of movement. Um, I don't know if it's still around. It probably is. 
Oh, it, it uh, 100% is still around. Um, so we, we tend to think we, and I think it's, it's in the mindset of the, the carnal mindset that, you know, I am entitled to get away with it because I haven't had any consequences until now. So this is my first, 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 you know, exponential first time. This is the real first time that I'm doing this. So I should be able to get away with it. We, we see that. Well, I'm going to say it this way. I can see that in my own life when I've done something wrong. You know, this is the only time that I've done this, or I can see that rationale. Um, I don't want to put this on any other situations that I know from experience where other people are involved. But as a kid, we do this by nature of thinking we can get away with it. And depending on our parent, we can. Um, good disciplinarian knows how to counter that. That doesn't mean a beating, um, but it may mean a spanking. That doesn't mean a berating, but it may be a good talking to. Um, there, there is the concept that sin requires a sacrifice. But sometimes we don't hear that the sin itself has a consequence that even though there's forgiveness, the consequence still has to be, I'm going to use the word met out. We see this in King David's life. We see it with his um, affair with Bathsheba and the killing of her husband, Uriah. They lose their child that came out of that union, the first child. So there is that but there was also the time that king david decided to take a census of the fighting men and that went against what god wanted because he was not to rely on men's strength but on him the lord meaning the lord um, and so david had to pick three judgments uh, and he decided to fall at the hands of God as the most merciful of the three consequences. And you may want to read up on that. I thought it was an interesting story, but God didn't let him out of it. God did not let him out of it twice, of those two instances. And I think God does the same for us. It is to our benefit that we have a consequences for our bad behavior, our our willful bad choices. Now, there are people who may make uh, a mistake, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about willful intent, where you decide, you know what, I'm going to steal, or you know what, I'm going to sleep with that person's spouse, or I'm going to, you know, do something else. I'm going to be super mean to this person. It doesn't have to be illegal, too, to be willful and malicious. So, when we think of consequences or the need for consequences, we don't think of it as a tool that God shows love through or a tool that God uses to refine a person. Nobody likes 
consequences. It's uncomfortable. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, Paul says, uh, he's quoting here, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. So that is that reproofing, that chastisement, where we learn through a negative consequence how to be a better person or um, make better choices, however you would want to phrase that. God is investing in us to, and to learn, to learn about his ways, to learn about things that his kingdom um, promotes, things about him. So we see this in Proverbs, there's a lot of wisdom, but one of the things that we often don't see is our need to change or to be transformed. And sometimes we have a behavior that God doesn't like. And that might be um, somebody who puts somebody down um, or is sarcastic with somebody who's really mean with the things he says. So how does God correct a person like that? It depends. It depends on the person if they're becoming sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And God can go ahead and chastise them with, that was not good at all. You know, um, and it might be a different phrase for you, but he may allow the recipient of the sarcasm, if it's ugly or something, the guy might get popped in the mouth. You know, that's a legitimate thing that can happen because you say the wrong thing and you're nasty. And then that may be the consequence. You know, if you get teeth knocked out, you have to go to a dentist and get them put back in. You're going to be reflecting how you arrived at that spot. God can use anything. It doesn't always have to be, it doesn't have to always be a major thing, a consequence. It depends on where you're at with the Lord, how quickly you yield to him. And we're not talking about, I'm going to skate here. I mean, repentance. I mean, bona fide, Lord, I defiled your name. Lord, I defiled these hands you gave me and got into a fight, you know, and really, really weeping over that. Um, and this is your spirit weeping because you're ashamed of what you did. You've seen yourself for who you are. Proverbs 3, 11 through 12 says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. So God wants to delight in you. And part of that is that learning behavior. I used to, and I think I've shared this before, so it's not going to be new to people who have been following us. I was a little pyromaniac as a kid. Oh, there was nothing better than the box of matches that my mother put on the, high on the kitchen counters. And ladies, if you have boys, please understand, we know how to climb innately. 
we will climb, we will find them. Um, and I used to take the matches and I would light them up and then I would toss them in the kitchen. And Joe, we spoke about linoleum carpets. I'm having a flashback because that's where the matches would land on the linoleum carpet, which I guess I could be thankful that we weren't, we didn't have carpeting and I was throwing it on a carpet because that might be a different story. But, and I'm not going to go into this story, but there was a point where I set my bed on fire, but we'll leave that for another show. <laughs> but when I um, set that bed on fire, I don't know, we're not going to leave it for another show. I think my, uh, my aunt, who was the aunt you did not mess with if you valued yourself. She came in and she was repairing that mattress, stuffing it again, putting in on a, a patch. And it was a big patch. When I say patch, I don't mean a little two by two inch. We're talking about probably a good 12 inches by 12 or something like that. And I had to sit there, watch her stuff this mattress. And she's not looking at what she's doing she's looking at me and she's got to look at how could you do this that's not even the way I'm, I'm i'm being generous there it was more like gritting her teeth and i can't believe you did this wrong yeah i don't want to get my hands on you that was more realistic and i sat there because to move was to doom yourself and i probably would not be able to tell you the story <laughs> But that was my consequence. I learned, and I think I was cured at that day because she did all short of casting out a, <laughs> a fire. But I, I think at that point it was over and done with. You know, it was a scare, you know, setting the bed on fire too. Don't, don't get me wrong. But, you know, realizing that the consequence wasn't just burning the apartment, it was also losing your life to your aunt. That kind of just set, set the tone. And after that, things were better and that got out of my system. So there is hope for anybody. <laughs> um, but consequences are a way of, of God has of showing us not only that we need to be transformed, but who he is. You know, he is holy. So let us be holy as he is holy. The Bible says that that is the, the call. Um, and if we try to skirt getting the consequence or the, the punishment or the chastisement, then we're missing an opportunity really to grow. If we do something wrong, we need to own it and we need to own the punishment. I like what, and I don't know how this thought got in my head, but I'll, I'll put it out there and then I'm going to give it to you for uh, Joe, but the thought, and I don't know if this will trigger, not trigger, give you any thoughts, but there's a, there's a, there's this thought that if I'm saying I'm sorry, that should be enough. Okay. I said, I'm sorry, get over it. Um, I like the thought that somehow came across my path and I'm not going to take credit for it. I'm sorry. And what can I do to make it right? I love that idea because you put it in the other person's hand who you have wrong to say, you know what, I want this, this, and that. They may say, you know what, don't worry about it. You know, just don't do it again. 
I think whenever we say I'm sorry glibly, we don't realize that the person is expecting us to change. It's not said, but it's kind of one of these unspoken rules that the behavior is going to end. And that sometimes doesn't happen. So I'm sorry, how can I make it right? Might allow a consequence to come forward that will help you be transformed and to change. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's two parts of it, right? The person who does the wrong and the person who, for lack of a better phrase, receives the wrong. And forgiveness is something that kind of want to tuck away. It's That's a whole other conversation. But when it comes to the person who is performing the wrong, I'm sorry, or I'll take the full version, I am sorry. Three words, and they're only just words. That needs to be followed up with action of some kind. Like you said, if, you know, what can I do to make this right? How can we square up? All of those kinds of things. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a mon or maybe it's a physical thing. Maybe it's an emotional thing. Whatever that is, placing yourself in that position admits to the fact that you did it, but also admits for the necessity for justice. And that's uncomfortable. That's that makes your skin crawl when you realize that each one of us. To take it out of the, the the personal for a moment, every single one of us has a rap sheet a mile long. That thing that you thought that you shouldn't have been thinking, that thing that you looked at that you shouldn't have been looking at, the thing that nobody else knows about, that God knows about. You know, and it's not about lay, rubbing your nose in it on a constant basis. Once it's at the cross, you lay that down, it's forgiven, it's done, you let it go. Living in that shame is its whole other thing. That's where, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, fi fire and brimstone teachings come from, right? You know, fire insurance and all that kind of stuff and scaring, scaring people into salvation. But the reality is that it lies somewhere in between those two things. You know what I mean? And that's... That's probably why I would I would have to surmise that at the root of all of these different false gospels that exist around hyper grace, you know, the progressive church, the hyper grace church, the new age, uh, the, 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 uh, all the new age stuff, you know, the emerging church and so on and so forth, all kind of centers around a lack of acknowledging that whole sin component that whole necessity for for justice to take place. And I feel like the more that we do that, the more that we're humbled into the position of understanding exactly who we are in the equation and who God is in the equation. Understanding the majesty and the magnitude of God because that is the that is the the one way that all of this is actually made right but like so many components of 
what we talk about as far as salvation goes, as far as the kingdom goes, all of that kind of stuff. There's a large-scale version of it, and then there's the very practical, every single day application of how we're called to interact amongst people, what, how we're called to deal with other people, you know? Yes. Yeah, I think this actually goes a bit in line with our previous episode. If we are cavalier and I say I'm sorry, then we don't have any remorsefulness or are we weeping with the person who we've wronged? Um, there's a sense of I want to say serving one another by respecting one another. If 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 someone has done something egregious to me, and then they said I'm sorry, and I, I sort of want to give like an example, but that any example I feel is not going to cover everything. But if they say I'm sorry, but they are going to be behaving in the same manner they've done. What does that sorry mean to me? I feel like I've been lied to. And that's my own thing to carry because I can allow a bitter root to go on, but I'm going to go on a rabbit trail if, if I go down this road. So what happens if we look to respect the other people around us enough to say, my consequences, my my action has consequences like you were saying how can i make this up to you and i don't think it's something that we can take as a as something fake to do or inauthentic we have to mean it we have to say i you know what's in my ability to do make it right because they may say something that's not within your ability you know, go jump off a cliff. You know, they're they're angry and they don't know how to manage their emotions. They might say something to retaliate, or they may say, um, you know, I go buy me a new car. You know, you damaged my car. Go buy me a new car. But you may say, you know what? Can I pay the deductible? You know, because the insurance for most people they have insurance and there's a deductible that's not covered, and it has to be paid before. Um, the mechanic will release the car to them. So if you've crashed their car um, and it needs to be repaired, pay the deductible or offer to pay the installments. But you have to you have to really follow up with you know paying the installments because a lot of times they're easy to push to the side as life can, comes up. Um, but there are things God will tell you what you should do. If you're a righteous person, you will deal righteously with the person. Now, I know some people say, well, a righteous person would not have done something bad. That's problematic. You know what I mean? To, to go down that line of thought, because none of us are perfect. And any time that we put that kind of emphasis on a person then we are pretty solidly doomed to be disappointed. Yeah. 
Yeah, and but I think if we read scripture, and I, I was going to say this, a lot of people consider righteous who we would not count. Lot was considered righteous, and I'm going to let you find out why he's not. Uh, well, excuse me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna let you figure out why that's a statement, that, an example that I'm using. So I apologize for saying why he's not. I would just say it's a it's a hard picture to see, but the righteousness is something that God gives, and it's right standing with God. But uh, it is an interesting story. If you read it, you know you'll understand that it doesn't matter how far along you travel, you can still have a situation where you will have a less than stellar moment and that's putting it kindly so getting caught up in a person's character you know well a righteous person wouldn't do that so therefore this person is not really righteous you know getting caught in a person's character is 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 a place where you're not going to want to go because what happens is we invite that characterization onto ourselves we can be put in a situation um, where we we mess up. And it's in Galatians where it says, Restore our brother gently. It's Galatians 6.1. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back into the light and be careful not to fall into the same temptation as yourself. Same temptation yourself, excuse me. So there's that warning that we can be judged accordingly the way we would judge someone. So that's the side point. But with 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 um, with the person who has done the wrong, we and we're the receiver of the wrong. We're the wronged. If we learn to accept it and then let it go. And by that, I mean, uh, the consequence has been determined and we're, we're good with what it is. You know, okay, pay the deductible. That means we leave it. We leave it in with God. We don't say, oh yeah, hey Bill, and I apologize to all the Bills. You, hey, Bill over there crashed my car and then, you know, he wanted a nickel and diming, but I made sure that he paid the deductible. I'm a very forgiving person, but I'm not going to be taken advantage of. You can see where that is a wrong thing to do before the Lord. And we want to keep ourselves not only righteous, but pure, but not only righteous and pure, but holy. So there is that factor of becoming like God in that. I mean, holy and pure and righteous by overlooking the transgression um, and not letting it fester or become a bitter root. Or if we've done the wrong to owning it and trying to make it right, you know, it's not going to be a perfect situation. You know, it's going to be messy. But if you do it before the Lord and you do it with your heart, I think the Lord really sees that. Well, I know the Lord really sees that. And the, the one thing, I, and I want to put a caveat here in a moment. The one thing is to be aware of that you are not, 
keeping a record of this. These are the things that I've done. I've forgiven this person. I've forgiven that person. I made it right with this person. I, you know, as so this is a work. This is not a work. This is something that comes out of your transformation. And I think, I don't know if you said it this episode, Joe, or one before, it comes out of your relationship with the Lord. It comes out of Christ. It comes out of Christ in you. Now, none of what I'm talking about, consequences and all that stuff, and I apply to salvation, because we cannot do anything to earn salvation. Um, you know, the consequence fell on Christ. He, who knew no sin became sin. So there's nothing we can do for that. And there's no penance. There's no uh, um, action that we can take. Now, our heart should be repentant, which means I really know I did wrong and I've offended God and I am um, guilty of uh, going to hell because of the sin, not only the sin of Adam, but the sin that I've partaken in willfully. And if we are honest and self-aware, we know that we engage in sin almost from our first thoughts. We're looking to do things on our own and disobey our parents right away. So that's a separate thing. And I don't want anyone to have any fuzziness with that but i think god wants us to understand there's a need and it is there's a need to be chastised by him there's a need to be corrected by him because it allows us not to think we got away with it this is how my mind interprets it so someone else may do it differently it leads me to believe that you know there can be another consequence it leads me to believe I need to change. It leads me to believe I can do better through him. Um, so there's a lot of benefit. And if, if you were to reflect on what consequences, what are the benefits of consequences? I believe the Holy Spirit will show you, particular to your own mind makeup, how you think what those benefits could be in your situation or for a person who thinks like you. And I think the intended outcome is the freedom that comes with allowing the process to take place and understanding that, yes, you messed up, but acknowledging it is a step towards the redemption of that thing so you don't need to live under the weight of holding on to it and not letting it go and the burden of all of that yeah chastisement has i want to say a limited lifespan you're not going to be under judgment forever for something that you you're going to learn and move on. Now you may keep repeating the cycle because you don't realize to get to do the same thing is harmful to you until one day the consequence meets it a certain way. And you know, depending on what it is, you could have severe consequences. 
which may be a very dear relationship that you have with someone ending. So there are things that are limited as far as time goes, as far as consequences go. But if you act in a way where you lose a relationship, I think something like that stays with you for a very long time. And I'm talking about special relationships, you know, sibling, best friend, spouse, parents, you know, it's like you said the wrong thing and then the person passes, you know, there's a consequence to that that stays with you. And, and the only one who can remove it is the Lord because he's able to do that. And we need to seek him out for that. What we do with a consequence is up to us. And now this is the, the probably the harder part is the testimony of, you know, people need to know that God you know, that consequences are important to God. But you don't ever really hear anyone giving a testimony. Yeah, God chastised me because I did such and such and this happened. But we don't hear that. You know, Revelation 3.19 says, Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. So this was up to the church of Laodicea. We, we, I don't know if it's because we feel very vulnerable or we feel like we're going to make a fool of ourselves or we feel like um, somehow we're going to be less valued or less looked at. Uh, that's not the right word, less looked at. It's not. But we're going to be looked at differently. Like, And, and yes, that may happen. But who, who is getting glorified? So, you know, you may be called on, maybe you're going to help in a recovery group and you'll, you'll give a story where you had a consequence, you know, um, or, you know, you will be given going to a prison ministry and you'll give a story of a consequence, you know, but you could be raising kids and you could relate your story of where there was a consequence. And I think parents probably do this by nature in my day, but we deliver it with that beginning. If I would have done that, I would have gotten a wallop. But, you know, but when we say, you know what, there was a point in time, and this is not an actual story. There was a point in time, let's say um, I robbed somebody and I felt really bad. And what I did was I went to the person and I took what I robbed from them. It was, uh, let's say, some tchotchke from their house because I, I wanted to have it. Or, oh, um, one of those uh, action figures that were, you know, Star Wars. Now they're worth a lot of money, but when we played with them, they weren't that much. But, you know, I stole your 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 Lego Star Wars or whatever. And, you know, I have it here. Here's, I'm giving it back to you. I'm really sorry and all that stuff. You know, the consequences says, oh, yeah, okay. I don't want you back in my house anymore. You know, we can go play on the playground, uh, but you're not going to steal from me anymore. That's the consequence. You know, that may fade in time as the relationship becomes truer or more authentic, you know, and then the person sees they can rely on you. And you never know how God's going to use that. So as we share, 
testimonies. I think the ones of consequences may help people more than they realize it. And I don't know, and I think maybe I'm guilty of this, but I don't know if there's any testimonies that I've heard that are not sanitized um, or not have heard it in a while. Um, when I first got saved, uh, people were saying, you know, what, what they, you know, their consequences and everything, you know, you, 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 <laughs> you gotta imagine I'm 12 and 14 and, and people are giving testimonies about being freed from, um, promiscuity and alcoholism and even, um, domestic violence. They just shared that. You know, this is what God saved me from. You know, I went in jail and I realized I beat my wife black and blue because she didn't have dinner ready. And, you know, I was in jail for 10 years, 12 years, whatever, you know, and I learned what I did wrong and I repented, but my wife divorced me and I've never seen her again. And she was the love of my life that I abused and I'll never have that back. I only have God now. You don't hear that rawness. You hear people are very careful with what they put out there. And maybe that's part of the culture we live in now that everybody wants to um, judge everybody else. I mean, you see that in social media. I like bananas. Well, bananas are bad for you and all this stuff. But we've gotten away from the reality, the rawness. And so we don't understand that consequences can help us move forward in the hands of the Lord. In the hands of the Lord, they're key. They're, they're reproving tool. They make you grow more holy. They make you listen to the Lord more. They make you care for other people more. And this is a long way to get here, but I would say, you know, don't shun them. Don't think it's the end of the world for you. Put it in the Lord's hand. Lord, how are you going to use this situation? I messed up. I repent to you first, Lord, because you gave me this relationship. I ruined it. You know, you gave me this house. I ruined it. You gave me um, anything that you could think of. You know, I, you know, I, I broke a law. Any, any situation you can put into the Lord's hand first and then ask him to show you how to get it corrected, you know. But... If you do something that broke a law and the judge lets you off, don't be cavalier about it. That's God's mercy. If you were hurtful in a relationship and they forgave you, don't mistreat it by doing it again. You know, there's there's things that you want to learn from it. You don't want to leave it the way you 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 entered into the situation. And then you show God that you value the things he gives you. Because all the good things, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. There are some sins that, in some situations, that um, if you've gone through them, you develop a certain kind of language and understanding of the situation. And I think that there would likely be less of some problems 
I would venture to say that there would be less of some problems if more people would be willing to be open about it and less people would be quick to judge because of a specific thing. Now, we all have our yeah buts when it comes to that statement. The one group of people that we can point to to be like, no, that's actual, that's a legitimate struggle to try and just approach them in that kind of way. We all have it and it looks different for, for, for everybody. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, darkness is the perfect environment for sin to grow. For, for sinful activity to be rampant and unchecked. Um, if, if we can foster an environment where believers can step forward in full faith that they're not going to be put to the stake because they are struggling with somebody, then what they're likely to find is somebody else in just in their cycle of people that struggles with something very similar. I saw this in very practical at a at a, a men's study that it wasn't even like one of the the questions it was one topic ended up on side tangling onto another topic ended up with this guy who was quiet the whole time just laying bare this thing and this other dude who was also you know kind of quiet during the whole thing struggled with something very similar and and all of that it, it those kinds of things happen if we are willing to be vulnerable enough for us to step out and say, okay, this is legit, this is a thing, but this is not the end of that story. Here's how God has helped. You know, if you're doing it in more of like an outward uh, light sort of thing, sort of way, or being a person that is open enough to be able to hear other people's stories, if especially if you're somebody that has a story of your own. And if you're not, if you, if you're somebody who doesn't think that they have their own story, you probably have a pretty complicated story. That's generally how that goes. So I think that that's part of the kingdom. I think that's part of the beauty that happens when we throw open the doors and allow for raw intimacy, raw life on life is we can come together we can stand united we can get help from other people but a lot of times that's not how it is and we talk about in the grand case how dangerous it is for the church to not come together and um and and worship together and and collect and all of those kinds of things that's been a big thing over the last year is how essential churches and how essential the gathering places and all of that kind of stuff but that is just as true if you're talking about the one-on-one -on -one complicated aspects of life too that yeah even in the mess even in the garbage we still need to be able to come together because there's strength in numbers. When we seclude ourselves or when we seclude other people, we are pushing that person off to a very, let's say, unfortunate fate 
because when a person becomes secluded and they are an island unto themselves, they are prime opportunity for the enemy. That is perfect for the enemy to step in and to work his magic, you know? So, so coming together and being willing to have grace with one another and being able to accept each other even when it's that person that you have a hard time being able to be like that with or if it's somebody that you don't necessarily like or whatever that that we all still have struggles and we we can b benefit from coming together and and allowing god to work in that i just want to reiterate to everyone that consequences are part of the lord's engagement with us they're part of doing life with him, not to fear it, but to look to the Lord and learn from it, be transformed by it, to not make your future about it. Um, I think the Lord whispered this to me to understand something more about him. And the Lord will show you things too that will seem unusual or strange or make you take a, 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 a second glance. Uh, what what was that you know but engage him and i'd say that with any topic engage him the lord is always looking to you and you don't have to fear that he's going to shun you you can come with all the mess you have he understands it completely bring it to him and any consequences that may arise from it is for your betterment and as well as advancing the kingdom and more importantly glorifying and honoring god remember that there's a whole life past the consequence that there's so much on the other side that is rich and beautiful that is so worth i'm gonna say taking your lumps to address the issue head on and by the power of God be able to move past it to be able to grow from it and he will show you that there is a better life than enacting in that sin Father God we thank you for you always reveal yourself to those who search you out. Father, I pray that you would make us faithful pursuers of you, that you would allow us to find you and to learn from you, Father. You would manifest yourself, not only to us, but to those around us, Father, that you would transform us through chastisement and correction, and that it's not something that we can fear or should fear, but something that we can learn to follow you in holiness, in righteousness, and in purity. You chastise your children because you love them. Father, thank you for your correction. I would not have gotten this far without it. In Jesus' name, amen.